1: Go to com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way, without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode.
0: Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast. And I just want to say, Sadie, we are very, 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 very wrong.
2: What were we wrong about?
0: Well, as our listeners remember, last week we came out with an episode all about abortion, and we thought that everybody would hate us after we came out with it. Yes. <laughs> but luckily, we were wrong. Everybody loves us now. Everybody, like. That's right, right? Oh, you know? Yeah,
2: almost almost like two people with anxiety think that people are just going to hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, who would have known? No, um, I, so I really thought that I was just going to be too far left for, for people who are more conservative and just way not left enough for the, for all our leftist listeners. No, it turns out that most people who listen to our show, at least, really do support reasonable discussion on a very complicated topic.
0: Yeah.
2: And so, so thank you all for your feedback and thank you for the people who tweeted at me and messaged me. And uh, I enjoyed all of that. That was, that was very encouraging.
0: Yeah. We live in a, or we operate in a judgment-free space, I think, where we can.
2: We really try. We, we mess up sometimes, but we, you know, we fix it.
0: We, we talk about these issues in a way and, and like actually try to explore them and have, room for free thought i guess outside of ideology and and myopia and
2: outside of our what is it echo chamber
0: yeah outside of our echo chamber right. um,
2: i can't i can't laugh too hard because i'm holding a sleeping baby
0: no and if you wake her up then oof. Yeah. If
2: I wake her up, then then our recording session is done after, like, four minutes, and that would not be great.
0: I was thinking back to some of the earlier episodes of our show, right? Uh, we were talking about House Anderson College. Uh, we were talking about the degrees that they offer. Uh, you know, they have, like, what, marriage and motherhood...
2: Oh, for women.
0: Uh, yeah, for women. you yeah. Like marriage and motherhood, general Bible degree.
2: Bible degree got opened up somewhere around my time there. Um, you can also take an education degree. You can major in a few different topics. I think women were allowed to have a, a major in Bible education, but I'm not 100% sure that may have been a newer edition around the time that I went. And then a missions degree opened up for women while I was there.
0: I had a bit of a query, a question, if you will.
2: Well, you know, I love answering all of your questions, uh, even the ones that... Go like, Phew. yeah, because that's a, that's. A, <laughs> yeah, I support your your um, yeah. guttural noise based questions on this like,
0: show. I was thinking about this. So if you're funny, if you're a woman, not a lot of career options open up for you. You can be wife and mother. Yes, this is a career. If any lovely Jewish ladies out there want to make me a stay at home dad, hit my DMs. If you are a Christian school teacher, uh, that's a career. If you are a missionary, that's a career. But That's pretty much it for work outside the home are there any other options? So maybe you see yourself as a bit of a climber, somebody with ambition and you're personable and you have good business savvy. What are your career options if you're an IFB woman?
2: Well, first I wanted to say that missionary wives don't really work outside the home typically, unless it's as a Christian school teacher in another country. A more typical path for a missionary wife would be just like homeschooling her children at home and doing support work for her husband's church. Hmm. So it's really stay-at-home mom or Christian's teacher. That's that's really your options. And that's why I went to college for education originally, because it was my only option for studying anything that I was passionate about instead of just going for a marriage and motherhood degree and taking mind numbing classes on how to sew a button. And I don't mean any offense to the button sewers of the world, by the way. Sewists are important people. And I think that being able to do basic sewing tasks is something that just everybody should know, regardless of gender.
0: Sewing is an extremely valuable skill. And I know this because I spent $1,200 on tailoring in the year 2020. Pray for me.
2: Anyway, this episode isn't about sewing skills. You asked me what an IFB woman can do if she really wants to do something to add to the household income, if she wants to have a side business of her own and something to be a way to be social and make money.
0: Exactly, and these days it has never been a better time to work freelance and remote part time or even full time.
2: It's so it's not completely unheard of for IFB women to have a legitimate side business. But I think the most common thing is probably cleaning other people's houses or cleaning off.
0: Susanna Anderson has her own modest swimwear company, I seem to remember.
2: People maybe sell things on Etsy. There are, there are a few things that are have become more socially acceptable over the years. But something that I think is really common is involvement in multi-level marketing companies.
0: I'm sorry. I believe the preferred term is direct sales and vector marketing. <laughs> How truly insensitive of you.
2: Well, my preferred term <laughs> for most multi-level marketing companies is pyramid schemes. I, I just want to say my piece on this and move on. But... Here's why I don't personally support multi-level marketing. There are some companies that are way more predatory than others. Um, there are some that are way more mild compared to the, the big ones that are super predatory. There are some that have better quality product. And there are some that sell straight up trash that you could not pay me to put on or in my body. But all of them depend on recruitment to make those at the top rich. All of them have to do an income disclosure. And if you look at their income disclosure sheet, it turns out that the bottom tier, like the bottom 95% of their consultants make like $47 a year. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'll call out Young Living. I think that there was a large percentage of Young Living reps who made less than a dollar in a recent year. I will try to find the source to put that in the show notes.
0: That's incredible.
2: But the top tier are making millions. So and so that's why I personally, um, I don't support them. I don't buy from them. If you happen to sell for one of these companies, I don't hate you personally. I don't think you're a bad person. I don't know your situation. And I probably haven't done in-depth research on the company that you work for. So it's it's not personal between me and anybody who does happen to sell for a direct sales company. But I personally, I don't support them. I'm not gonna buy from you. Um, If you need $20 to pay your light bill, Literally, if you're my friend, literally just like message me and I will give it to you, but I'm not going to buy a product from you because I think the business model is inherently predatory. I don't want to buy a $20 product from you where $15 of it goes to the company and $5 goes to your light bill. I would 10 times rather just send you 20 bucks for your light bill.
0: It's a sunk cost fallacy, isn't it?
2: But if you saw the documentary Lula Rich... You probably saw a lot of commonalities between MLMs and the fundy world at large.
0: You could make a good argument that many of these MLMs basically function as cults the same way that the fundy world does. Uh, if you look at the way that they include behavior control, information control, thought control, emotion control, a lot of it is based around this sort of toxic positivity. A lot of it is based around idolatry adjacent worship of individuals who are seen as influential or successful. The similarities, I think, are very real.
2: Yeah. There are just so many commonalities between MLMs and cults. I wouldn't say that everyone is a cult. I would say that some definitely are. The thought control in particular is really big in a lot of these companies. And that's the other reason that I personally just will not do anything involving MLMs because, honestly, it's just triggering. Mm. Like The the, the mindset, the, the vocabulary, all of it is just up setting. I'm sure you remember when I shared the story about the spring program when I was a kid, when I invited so many people to church and they all promised to come, but nobody showed up.
0: Yeah, you were crushed.
2: (laughs) One of my biggest childhood trauma memories that that I felt that I wanted to share on this podcast. So I mentioned then that there was this culture of, if this didn't go well for you, it's because you didn't try hard enough. If you had done enough work, God would have blessed you with these numbers of people coming to church. So if God did not choose to bless you, then either you're getting punished for something else that you did or you just didn't do enough work. And MLMs really exhibit that kind of thinking a lot.
0: MLMs, are, are they that common with IFB wives? Like if you go to an IFB church, not only will they you know, be trying to get you saved and trying to get you baptized ASAP, but they'll also be trying to get you into like herbal life. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would say they are pretty common. I don't know how I would possibly find a statistic on this, but anecdotally, uh, military wives are really associated with multi-level marketing. And I think that church ladies should probably have that same level of notoriety um, when it comes to this. Even thinking back to when I was a little kid, there was always someone selling Avon and someone selling Mary Kay in the church. Even Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, before there was this MLM boom that we're seeing now, where it feels like everybody is either in one or buys from one. It sucks like how many scammy things there are. I, I would suggest that people watch the documentary Lula Rich because it shows how the people who get in early make the money and it show, it, it goes a little bit into the mathematics of how this thing works and wh- how the flow of money goes. Uh, and it, it explains how you get these people that are extremely successful because the whole promise of the MLM is like, I'm extremely successful and you can do it too. But what those people don't tell you is they're like three levels from the top in the pyramid. And you're fourteen levels below them
0: either that or or they're not at the top in the pyramid and they're pretending to be really and successful lying about it, yeah. and they're just like lying about it to hype themselves up as people do
2: the whole premise of it is that you can do what I did and the flaw in that is that the people who are really really successful are almost always the people very near the top is it, it really isn't mathematically possible or mathematically likely for somebody who isn't at the very top to to make that kind of money
0: no it, I mean it's really not.
2: It bothers ah. me a lot. And, and like I said, it's really triggering because in the IFB, it's like, oh, just do this thing and then you go to heaven and then just do all these other things and God will bless you. And in the MLM, it's like, we'll just do this thing and it's your key to financial freedom and then just do all these other things and you'll be successful in your business. The parallels there get really triggering and upsetting for me.
0: Of course they do. It's, it's I mean, it's basically the same thing. I mean, it's not the same. It's the same thing without the, the Jesus and salvation doctrine.
2: So I definitely think think the factor of wanting to be able to work virtually while at home with your children is a huge attraction for IFB wives because they are expected to stay at home with the kids if at all possible. I think the factor of social selling, which is what LuLaRoe calls it, and and being able to make this into a fun social thing, I think that's a factor for IFB wives because it does get them out of the house and they get to see people and talk to their friends. I think the fact that many of these companies are either quietly or sometimes very publicly Christian-based is also a factor. Mm. And I think that the toxic positivity and the prosperity gospel and the thought control of it all plays very well with the IFB's teachings about work and blessings and money. But I wanted to pull in one more reason that I think multi-level marketing is so popular among IFB women, and I don't know if this is going to blow your mind or not.
0: Tell me, I'm anxious to hear this.
2: Okay, so if you think way, way, way back to a historical episode of ours, the the Jack Scop first family fundamentalism,
0: the first one,
2: or uh, the second one, probably in the first one. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, I've said a lot of words. Do you remember me talking about Jack Scott having women in leadership being super obsessed with them staying skinny and having them go on sketchy supplements and even like semi-legal injection medications to try to lose weight?
0: No. So I remember you talking about Girls at Hiles Anderson developing eating disorders because Jack Scott would tell them that they were too fat or that they needed to lose weight in order to get... Jack
2: Scott or other teachers at Hiles Anderson, yeah.
0: I remember that. I don't remember anything about injections.
2: I, I thought I had talked about this, but I, I may not have. I'm being a little bit vague on the details of this because the person that I know who shared this story did share it in a public forum But I did not reach out and and ask if I could share details on my podcast. But before getting out of the IFB, she was on staff at First Baptist of Hammond. And she said that Jack Skobb encouraged all staff members, but especially women, to take these sketchy injections that he had shipped in from another country Mm. because the injections would make them lose weight.
0: Like what were they?
2: I don't remember from the Facebook post that I saw. But I'm going to reach out to this person and see if maybe we could get an interview either on the show or just a text interview to read. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it's a big what? yikes. So I know that I've talked before about the IFB's pressures on women to stay very thin and how that's a piece of the puzzle for the whole like submission to your husband thing. Like you owe your husband uh, because, you know, he's a man and he's in, in the image of God and and you're not and... and he's doing you a favor by being married to this sinful, stupid little woman. You you owe him to stay as thin as you possibly can. There's so much there I go, triggering myself on the podcast. Mm. <laughs> Love it when that happens. <laughs> So there's so much diet culture and just so much like awful shaming for women who aren't, don't live up to a certain numerical standard of weight, whether it's X number of pounds or whatever dress size. It plays into modesty doctrines as well because their rules of modesty are way easier to follow if you're very thin. All of that to say, I think this is my, this is my personal theory. I think that another reason that MLMs are so big within the IFB is that many MLMs are associated with weight loss. And there's this culture of always trying to lose weight among fundy women. Fundy women are expected to eat at the church potluck type events that we've talked about. If you don't eat, then you have a bad attitude. So they're like forced to eat almost at times. They are likely to be just run into the ground taking care of kids. They don't have time to go to the gym. They don't take time for themselves to work out because that's selfish to take time for yourself. And there's also the fact that they're probably trying to feed a family for cheap, which is not always conducive to what an adult needs to eat for weight loss because they're feeding, a lot of times they're just feeding their kids a lot of carbs.
0: Healthy food can be cheap, but healthy food also takes time to prepare. And you don't have it if you have that many kids. You just don't have, you, you don't always have time to cook for them or, you know, cook something good for them. So a lot of times it's going to be made from pre-prepared ingredients.
2: And there's also, you know, people who live in food deserts.
0: Yeah. Um, and I know that, I mean, we've taken some some complaints in the past because I think our food episode was a little bit insensitive and I we didn't really go out of our way to say that You know, the reason why there are all of these problems is because of, you know, other underlying issues society. It's not people's fault. That's what we kind of got in trouble for not saying. But right.
2: But but, well, and we do we do agree that like this is a way more of a societal problem than an individual person problem. The these Fundy women are probably trying to feed a family for cheap. And that's not always conducive to what an adult needs to eat for weight loss. So there's this perfect storm for a product that you can buy from a friend and help a friend out, or a product that you can sell yourself and get a discount on, that promises easy weight loss without much of a lifestyle change. Uh, I've also talked about how food is kind of the one acceptable vice in the IFB. So people are not having to give up like the one thing that makes them feel okay because they can't drink, they can't smoke, they can't go to movies. So I don't know if this is going to be news to people or not, but I feel like this is one tie between religion, specifically the IFB and multi-level marketing that often gets overlooked.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you bring up, especially the weight loss MLMs um, because so we both – peripherally follow the various fundy snark commentary pages there is one woman who is regularly the star of many of these fundy snark commentary pages and she is very involved with one particular weight loss mlm
2: so i think it's finally time for us to have a discussion about jill rodriguez yes She is absolutely infamous on Fundy Snark pages, and she also happens to sell Plexus, which is one of the bigger weight loss MLMs.
0: I swear, though, Jill Rodriguez breathes and she ends up on the Fundy Snark subreddit. She's like, I mean, it's like Kim Kardashian goes to the grocery store. Yes. (laughs) And people lose their mind. People are like, oh, my God. Or like Beyonce. Beyonce goes anywhere and the beehive is like, oh, no, like Jill Rodriguez breathes. And these people are like, what's she doing?
2: (laughs) Yeah. We are going to have a chat about the obsession with her and her family further on in this episode and maybe offer a word of caution about that. I think that there are some legitimate reasons that she's so popular In fundy snarking corners of the internet. Number one, she's extremely active on social media. So she just gives us a lot of material to work with. Number two, she's just got this blend of narcissism and total lack of self-awareness that is really something unique, even among fundies.
0: Forget the Duggars. I would 100% watch a reality show just about Jill Rodriguez. She's just like, where do you want to start?
2: So I want to start with one of Jill's all-time greatest hits. I think because Mm. this episode, this woman has done so many wild things that there is legitimately no way we could ever get them all into one episode. No. So I just want to do like a greatest hits thing. (sighs) And I want to start with one of probably the wildest things she's ever done or maybe the second wildest thing she's ever done, which is holding a funeral for her sister's legs.
0: Mm. I'm what? Yeah. What?
2: So I wanted Um to start with this one. Because it honestly, it's only the second wildest Mm. funeral related behavior that this woman has ever exhibited. But it's it's one that I think it gives a good starting point to understanding her. And it's one that I have a peripheral attachment to from my time in the IFB.
0: So are you about to tell me that you attended a funeral for a woman's legs?
2: No, Um, although I almost Um, somewhat wish I had because that would make a great story.
0: Because I'm assuming that the rest of the woman is still alive.
2: Well, all of her is still... Let, let me tell you what happened. Okay. Um, There are no parts of her that are not alive. Um, There are no people who are not alive in this story, by the way. <laughs> so okay. Jill's family is pretty spread out throughout the IFB at large. I don't, th- I don't think she has direct relations at First Baptist Church of Hammond. I think her sisters did attend Hiles Anderson College. She has family members in a couple of well-known churches. Her family isn't IFB royalty, but... Due to them being so spread out amongst the IFB, her family's well-connected.
0: So it's her. She has a husband. Her husband's name. She has a
2: husband. Her husband's name is David Rodriguez. And then her maiden name was Noyes. Noyes, N-O-Y-E-S. I don't know exactly how to say that. But her... So she has two sisters, Amy and Angie, and they're twins, and her family has kind of spread itself out to the the way that her family has spread out within the IFB, they have a lot of connections because they all go to different churches who are a part of different camps. Oh. So they're okay. like they're like a like a kind of like a spider web in the IFB. So the incident with with her sister Amy happened in 2015 and this was pretty shortly after I left the IFB. So I was seeing in real time people sharing Jill's posts. So I had no idea that this woman would like end up becoming fundy famous and that I would be talking about her on a podcast years later. I was still like one foot in, one foot foot out of the IFB. But I was seeing people share Jill's posts asking for prayers for Amy's family and giving updates on her situation. So Amy, whose married name is Amy Foster, was with her husband, Kevin, who was on deputation to be a missionary, I believe. So that's when they travel from church to church, raising money to like go be a missionary. Um, they she was traveling with her family, and they were in a very bad car accident. They have six children, all of whom were in the car.
0: Oh my god!
2: Yeah, really bad. So
0: the the kids were okay, though, right?
2: Yeah, So all the kids, there were some like bumps and bruises. Um, all the children oh. did survive with no permanent damage that I know of. However, Thank God. Yeah. However, Amy unfortunately broke her neck and became paralyzed from this car accident so amy at this point has no use of her legs and she has regained partial use of her arms at this point in 2021
0: that's a horrible thing to have happen to somebody oh my god
2: it's an incredibly tragic thing and it's certainly nothing to make light of i want to be clear we're making fun of jill's behavior not anything that happened to the foster family because that's legitimately a terrible thing to happen. So Amy's husband, uh, I want to give him props because he's actually a pretty good example of a husband. Uh, He decided to stay here in the States, take care of his wife and raise their kids. Kevin still has to dress her, brush her hair, do all of her daily care, which on one hand is like, it's kind of a low bar, like that you would hope that a partner would do that if their partner was paralyzed, That that's the correct thing to do. Uh but on the other hand the bar for IFB husbands is just so ridiculously low that I'm still pretty impressed with Kevin.
0: Yeah, but still. I mean, it, I mean it's expected, but it's also very burdensome. Yeah. It's not something that you expect to have either. It's like a huge
2: Like you don't oh. expect that when you get married and It's
0: an ordeal, no.
2: And and for somebody I think I would have a lot of respect for anybody who decided to do that for their partner. I have a couple friends that are some amount of full-time care for a partner who is ill or who has been injured or whatever and i think that anybody who is selflessly giving themselves like that it gets some serious respect from me Jill, on the other hand who does not get respect from me decides she started a facebook page for updates on the family after the accident it's called praying for amy foster if you go on there like do go look at the page it's amazingly cringy you know take take nothing but pictures leave nothing but footprints don't go don't go harass this page because it needs to stay up because it's so snarkable jill put every detail of her sister's life online including her weight her c-diff infection her UTIs, information about her bed sores uh, everything yeah jill like put every private detail of this of her sister's life on this Facebook page so that we people could without permission. It is really not clear. Really don't know. Mm-hmm. So so Jill had this face this like extremely overexposed Facebook page. But the part I actually wanted to talk about comes in when Jill held a church service on the one-year anniversary of her sister's accident. And the way that it was talked about leading up to the service. It was supposed to be like like a prayer service to honor Amy and Kevin and everything that they had been through over the past year and like talk about how good God is for not letting everybody die, which is an extremely IFB thing to do. But that's a, to yeah. each their own, you know. When the church service actually happened, it was styled very similarly to a funeral for Amy's legs.
0: Mm, I'm so. Mm. i'm so i'm not going to tell anybody how to cope with a serious tragedy but this strikes me as a really weird thing to do
2: yeah and and i've seen Uh, the video of this and it was it was weird it was definitely weird
0: I presume that this funeral wasn't open casket.
2: No, so there wasn't a casket, and I think that that is a good thing. Um, it, it, it they didn't like start it and say, "Oh, welcome to the funeral for Amy Foster's legs." Well,
0: did they have pictures of Amy's legs so that people could memorialize them?
2: They had pictures of her standing up with her family, so yeah, sort of.
0: I mean, they're IFB though, so I mean, she's wearing a dress and like long skirt, so no one actually knows what her legs look like anyway.
2: Right, but. <laughs> right, but there's also like there's also the part where I'm Amy's sorry, should be laughing.: Well, Amy's <laughs> legs are still attached to her body, therefore still alive. She's just not able to move them on her own. And I'm also just not clear why this memorial service was just for her legs because at the time of this memorial service, she didn't have the use of her arms either, although, fortunately, Amy has regained some of the use of her arms in physical therapy.
0: This is like something you'd see in a Monty Python sketch. So, I don't... so
2: that is literally everything in Jill's life. This so is too get used weird to for
0: movie. SNL. Like, If SNL, yeah. if if SNL picked... did this,
2: people would be like, oh, they're getting way too weird. Yeah. So the vibe that I get from this is that Jill just wanted her turn to finally stand behind the pulpit of a church. Funerals. So uh, Beverly Hiles spoke from behind the pulpit at Jack Hiles funeral. Funerals tend to be place where women in the IFB get a bit more leeway and Jill gets a lot more leeway in this church service than women even typically do at funerals to be able to stand behind the pulpit and read scripture and kind of lead or MC the whole thing. Personally I think Jill just saw her chance to pretend she was a preacher for a minute. Jill wrote a poem for this occasion and there's no way that I could stomach the whole thing but I was wondering if you would like me to read a stanza or two.
0: So before you do, can we take bets on whether or not it is better than the poem in Kent Hovind's dissertation?
2: (laughs) Well, I've read this before, but do you think it'll be better or worse? So I
0: think that I'm going to say that it's better than Kent Hovind's because Kent Hovind just did bootleg Dr. Seuss. So if Jill can score a few points for originality, then she is going to have this in the bag, even if the rhymes aren't very good. (laughs)
2: So here's a selection. Sorry, I'm like mentally preparing myself for this. <sighs> on April 3rd, 2015, a horrible car accident, each six children with a scream, wondered what it meant. Amy sat on her side of the car, twisted body and broken neck. The ambulance seemed so far while Kevin cared for his wife at the wreck.
0: Wait, hold on. Can we So it's a horrible car accident. Each chil- Each six children with a scream. Each six. Each six with a scream.
2: No, it, 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 I just I'm just picking on the word choice of each six, not all six or any literally each anything else.
0: Children with they want so meant rhymes with accident.
2: Oh, meant rhymes with accident. I totally missed that.
0: Amy, okay.
2: Scream Keep doesn't going. rhyme with any. Oh, scream rhymes with 2015. Scream is meant to rhyme with 2015 because car rhymes with far and neck oh, rhymes okay. with wreck
0: keep going keep going
2: okay i'm just i'm skipping to a different part because i'm only reading two little selections from this because like i said i cannot
0: how long is it
2: oh it's extremely long i'll I'll link you to the full thing if you it's want to like a
0: thing. epic it's like beowulf
2: uh, it, i don't i don't know how many lines it is i should have counted mm. anyway this i'm going to just read one other little piece from this poem life is now different than it used to be Am, amy's sorry i gotta try that again This is hard to read (laughs) for so many reasons. Life is now different than it used to be. Amy's paralyzed from her mid-chest down, from her body she longs to be free, but refuses to face life with a frown. Though crippled in her body, it has not diminished her resolve to serve her loving savior, be a helpmeet to her mate, teach and guide her six children, fill their home with love, not hate. Though the going is not easy and the trial is hard to bear— Amy's glad that others, her story she may share.
0: So A of all, she did use the same rhyme scheme as Kent Hovind did. But second of all, the meter is just nonsensical, okay? Yes. So there's, no, I mean, there's no regularity to it. Like if you were going to put this into a song, you like you couldn't fit a melody with it. Like Kent Hovind's, at least you could, you could see what he was going for.
2: Yeah, the meter is really bad.
0: The meter, it's deeply unstable. It's so, like, I mean, it could... St- it would stop both of Edgar Allan Poe's hearts <laughs>
2: oh,
0: um, I am sorry, I shouldn't be making fun of this. It's about her sister who's horribly injured, but this well poem you know is... what this
2: you know what this makes me want to do? What? It's not really make fun of it. What this makes me want to mm-hmm. do is rewrite it with good meter and good rhymes. Like just, like, just as a writer, like, I, I write poetry and um, I don't share it because I'm that person who just, like, writes a crap ton of poetry and doesn't share it.
0: Sometimes you write just for you.
2: Sorry, not sorry. But I kind of, like, as somebody who's been writing poetry for a very long time, comparative to my lifespan, I would like to maybe take a crack at redoing this. Just, like, to see what would mm. happen, you know? <laughs> I have that thing on my computer where if you don't use good grammar, it puts a little blue line underneath the phrase and it suggests a better way to say it. It's like spell check, but for grammar. Yeah. And that function has underlined a few words in this poem. It, it, it's the phrase, the thing that that turns it from like, oh, this is a sweet poem about her sister's car accident and maybe I shouldn't make fun of it, to like this is so grammatically bad, I cannot help myself from making fun of it. The turning point for me is that final phrase in the last stanza Amy's thankful that others her story she may share because that's not a sentence.
0: Amy's Amy, not Amy's, not Amy is.
2: No, Amy apostrophe is Amy's you... thankful. I don't know why, because Amy is thankful that others would have better would have better meter.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, Do you know all those Christmas songs, how they just shoehorn words in to make them fit, but otherwise like they wouldn't fit.
2: I hate to be the person that informs you of this, but that's like a solid 40 to 50 percent of Christian music too. Like like every Christian song is died on Calvary's tree to set us free. He free tree me. The that's, yeah, yeah yeah that's like every. I mean I Christian guess the song. only
0: time I hear Christian music is during Christmas season or when you have to like when you have me listen to a Striper record.
2: Striper is different. They're actually good.
0: Striper would never write something this trash.
2: No, but if you listen to mainstream <laughs> Christian music, you'd hear a lot of this. So this whole thing though, so, okay, leg funeral poem. It's weird and it's cringy, you know, sharing about your sister's bed sores online. That's that's weird. That's super cringe. But is it worth like, why are people so obsessed with this woman? Why are we doing an entire episode of our show about her? Because, you know, there are a lot of fundies in the world who do strange fundy things.
0: I mean, we had to talk about the Duggars because they're really like actually real world famous. And they've been involved in politics. Their son is currently tied up with a huge child sex abuse case, which has been big national news. And we're going to do an update on that coming this Thursday. Watch for that. And we had to talk about Girl Defined because they were like a prime example of the sort of like fundy, like Christian woman influencer trope. But Mm -hmm. we've got like, I've got to ask, is this woman otherwise noteworthy? Because I mean, you said this woman, her family is like well known, well connected What's her reputation actually like within the IFB? Is she generally known as like, is, I mean, is there like a word that you would use to describe somebody who acts with this level of disrespect? I don't like, I don't know what to call it. Like, is she well regarded or is there sort of like a, well, she's a godly woman, so we won't speak ill of her. But <clears throat> is that kind of
2: vibe? So I formed an opinion about this. It is, you don't get a lot of information from inside the IFB about her. Because most of what I have is from outside the IFB, people are like, this person is weird. But based on things I know about IFB culture, and the little bits of information I do get from like people commenting on her posts, and like IFB people interacting with her in public spaces online, I think I've got an opinion, I think I can probably make a really good guess as to how she is currently seen in the IFB.
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: So here's some here's some background information. Number one, Jill's husband, David, has a printing ministry. So how the family makes the bulk of their money, question mark, I don't really know how much they make, is having a printing press and printing tracts and printing pamphlets and sometimes books for churches. So they're not fundy famous in the way that Jack Scott would have been or Jack Hiles would have been. But a good number of people would know who they are because they interact with them in a business sense, buying tracts from their printing press. Number two, the family, the other thing the family does for money, question mark, again, Mm -hmm. is that they travel around from church to church. So sometimes they're invited guests and sometimes apparently they just show up. It's a common thing in the IFB if you have a family especially if you have quite a few kids to get the family to all sing and play instruments together. There are several of these families that make a full-time business of traveling from church to church and singing and like selling CDs. If you have a big family, that's a bigger draw because people want to be nosy about like, Oh, how do you get all those kids to behave and sing together? It's, it's a curiosity thing. It's a strange little cultural nugget that there are families who just, like, travel around. And there are evangelists who just travel around and preach, like, traveling evangelists who have, like, revival meetings and, like, try to get people saved or get people right with God. And then there's a subset of evangelism that is these families that, like, go from church to church and sing. So the Rodriguez family, they do this. They go from church to church, and maybe the church takes up an offering for them, or maybe they don't give them any money, but they just let them sell their CDs so Jill has really tried over the last few years to make it big and be one of these few really famous fundy families that gets invited to places and books are scheduled a year in advance and sells a whole bunch of CDs and really makes decent money off of this singing thing. So she's got all her kids like playing instruments and singing and stuff. She posts videos of it. Part of making it big, though, in that arena would be that her husband would need to be a really good preacher and she would need to be a lady's motivational speaker. So to make Jill's dream, which this is my speculation, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. To make her dream happen of like her family being fundy famous and like getting invited a bunch of places, getting paid money and booking their schedule, all that stuff. They would have to have more of a draw than just their kids singing. Is what I'm saying. So the churches would invite them. Jill would either teach a Sunday school class for the ladies on Sunday morning or have like some kind of ladies motivational brunch on a Saturday. David would preach in church service and the family would sing in church service. For her to make money and be fundy famous, they would need to have all of those services available, like her husband's preaching skills and her kid's singing skills and her being a motivational speaker. So here's a real world analogy. So you know how there's all these jokes about drummers and bass players, like all these jokes about how like drummers are dumb, bass players are dumb. Like, what do you call a drummer without a girlfriend, homeless? Yeah. Okay, it, it's not really meant to be taken seriously because, like, we all know like there's some there's awesome drummers. It's a thing. Like people make fun of first violinists for being stuck up, and and people make fun of drummers for being dumb. And then you know the orchestra jokes. It's a it's a whole class of jokes.
0: Yeah. Also, chances are that if the drummers any good they're in like six bands and doing session work. So they're constant like they're constantly working and have the steadiest income of any of the band members.
2: Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's not really accurate, but it's, it's it's a it's a it's a meme. It's it's a trope. Yeah. Um but drummers just kind of get on for no reason unless they're like Tommy Lee or something. Yeah. Evangelists are like that in the IFB. They're just seen perpetually as slightly second class citizens. Unless they're one of the top tier, really famous ones.
0: And why is that? Is that just because they're always, they're not seen as like grifters, but they're seen as just like always having a handout? Is it that
2: kind of (sighs) thing? I don't know. There is just this perception of evangelists as being tacky, like tacky, like old suits and being really poor and just it's like these are the guys who couldn't make it as pastors
0: oh okay 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 okay, unless you're like
2: like oh you couldn't hack being a pastor and you can't get along with other people well enough to be an assistant pastor so you're stuck being an evangelist it's kind of the the way that it's seen unless you're one of like the top tier and then you're like oh you're a man of god and you're an evangelist and you've come to preach for us i think jill would rather, if she had her way, I think she would prefer to be a famous pastor's wife or some other top-tier fundy. But she's stuck with her husband, David, who, bless his heart, just does not have the charisma, does not have the oratory skills to be a famous pastor or evangelist. So her only path, because she can't go out and, like, seek fundy fame on her own, like, like, outside of her husband and her children, because... Sexism, so her only path to fundy fame and fortune is to brand like herself as a ladies' motivational speaker and try to just claw her way to the top of that particular niche. But in the process of attempting to claw her way to the top, she needs to look look a certain way. She needs to be really pretty. She needs to have her children, uh, you know, be perceived as a really good mother. And that process of trying to claw her way to the top has led her to do some really strange things. Uh, And part of that is that she blogs and makes social media posts about pretty much everything that ever happens to her and every thought that crosses her mind.
0: So that's interesting because it always just seems to me like whenever I see them, like, what is this lady doing? Why would what would motivate her to do that? But now I know. Yeah,
2: that's you know, I can't for sure say what somebody else is thinking.
0: But that makes sense.
2: But, but knowing the IFB culture the way that I do, that is my absolute best guess. I think, yes, that's, that is her motivation. That is her end game. She thinks that she is portraying herself as a perfect mother. She thinks she is portraying herself as motivational. She's trying to be the next, like, famous IFB thought influencer, not influencer, like, in the, in the Instagram sense, but in, like, you know how women who have been to therapy love Brene Brown? Yeah. She wants to be that, but for funding women.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, the person who's in everybody's heads, like, helping people think about life the correct way and, like, leading people closer to God and, like, writing devotionals and stuff. She wants to be that.
0: Okay, so like if you're a meathead dude, she's like your are Jill Rogan.
2: Yes, that is what Jill, well, that's what she <laughs> thinks she is. That's what she wants to be. But she's really just not at the level where she could actually realistically be seen that way. We're going to get into that. In the social climbing thing that Jill has been doing, she has managed to secure herself invitations to some famous fundy weddings. For example, she was invited to one of the older Duggar girls' weddings, and then she leaked the invitation online for Mm -hmm. attention, giving away the exact date and location of the wedding, which you would probably not want to just throw out there if you were as famous as the Duggars and paparazzi followed you around.
0: Very tacky to just say, I've been invited to this wedding. Look, I'm sure that's the last time she's gotten invited.
2: Weirdly, it wasn't, because the Duggers invited her to the next wedding that they had. Uh-huh. And then she again leaked the invitation, and that was actually the last time she got invited. <laughs> so, between her unending quest to be a Fundy famous ladies motivational speaker and her relentless Fundy celebrity ass-kissing... I wouldn't call her a social pariah by any means, but she's definitely seen as unsavory and definitely not, as you would say, top tier. Not top tier. Not top tier. Not top tier. So think about the Duggars for for a second. We talked a little bit in that episode about how the Duggars are really palatable. They make the whole Christian patriarchy thing seem like not such a bad idea. Um, Very wholesome and acceptable to the general public. I'm also making a callback to Jack Scop's graphic design revamp and church coffee shop. The mainstream IFB is really desperate for relevance. They're desperate to put off this image of being hip, being with it, not being so old that they've forgotten what it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Jill is trying so hard to emulate people that I saw growing up who were top tier Mm -hmm. famous evangelist wives. Her personality is a combination of like three or four very influential IFB women who do have that life that she wants. But she's trying too hard. And she pissed off the Duggars by sharing the wedding invitation and by hounding the Duggars for pictures at the wedding so she can low-key brag on social media about how she knows them. And she's just basically seen as a tryhard who does not have that presentability factor that the Fundies look for in people that they make fundy famous. Because the fundies need their famous people to seem super harmless, very clean cut, appear wealthy even if they're not. Because fundies have realized that worldly people, quote unquote worldly people, are not joining their ranks. And to survive, they need to be able to pull conservative Southern Baptists over. They need to pull people in from other religious groups. And they need to be incredibly attractive in lifestyle in order to do that. Jill doesn't have that.
0: So she's like the fundy version of being a relentless clout chaser.
2: Yes, exactly, one hundred percent.
0: So it's like if she's if the Duggars are Eminem, Jill is MGK, or if the Duggars if the Duggars are Coldplay, Jill is Keen. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I love that you brought the Machine Gun Kelly beef into this because did you see that he went after Corey Taylor from Slipknot?
0: No, wait, why would he do that? He's Uh, a rock star now. He's not rap.
2: Right, right, right. But back to the actual topic. That's exactly what Jill is doing. She's ripping off the personalities of these famous fundy women and sometimes picking at them in public forums, just straight up clout chasing.
0: So is she like showing up to the Girl Defined mentorship program wearing white and <laughs> turquoise and talking about her season of singleness? That
2: No. Uh, Girl Defined is way too liberal for Jill. She would probably call them sluttish. Which is a a, fam- a favorite word of hers and her family's to describe women who don't live up to her modesty standards. Well,
0: that is deeply disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think of the word "sluttish" when I think of girl defined at well, all. They wear
2: pants, which is <sighs> sluttish, according to Jill.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's not a great look to be building yourself by tearing others down.
2: Yeah, that th- that's always tacky. No. Um. But tacky just describes and defines Jill. Uh, Jill is a girl defined by her tackiness, <laughs> and she's just—that <laughs> was good, huh? <laughs> so Jill is just primo snark material because of the ridiculous things that she does in this attempt to become the person she thinks she is. Uh, I don't know if you watch The Office, but do you remember when? Do you remember when? Andy went on that acapella competition show and thought he was going to be like a famous actor or a famous singer.
0: No, I think I stopped watching by that point. Okay. It's late.
2: It's like seasons eight and nine. Yeah. I, but I, for, I, for those who have seen that Jill is giving off that energy. She is at best a, a high C lister in the fundy world. And she thinks she's an A lister.
0: Okay. That I can totally see.
2: So I, that's yeah. my psychological profile. Just, just, um, that's all my opinion, but I think I really think I'm right about this.
0: She's like, oh, "Do you know who I am?" and everyone's like, "No." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or like a former former child actor status.
2: Yes. So, when Jill's sister Amy was in this terrible accident that we talked about earlier, Jill immediately started to try to leverage this accident into her career as a lady speaker. From the time of the accident, Jill continually refers to her sister as my paralyzed sister, Amy, all caps, or my quadriplegic sister, Amy, all caps, or my sister who had a severely, all caps, broken neck. Jill really, really likes capitalizing random words and putting a lot of cap, like all caps words in her writing, which is a problem for me because I read enough that she writes that I sometimes notice myself doing it like on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I cannot do that. <laughs> So Jill threw a ladies' conference where Amy was slated to be one of the speakers, and for that conference, Jill's bio says um, it's Jill and her two sisters that are the featured speakers for this conference. Which seems just a little um, unprofessional. I don't know if that's really to have
0: hard. <laughs> you and your sisters all be
2: the only featured speakers, huh? Anyway, for that conference, Jill's bio says, wife and mom of 12, ministry wife and hostess of the retreat. And Amy's bio says, mother of six, quadriplegic.
0: That's brief. That's.
2: Yeah, like that's how she defines her sister now.
0: So she wrote the thing. That you didn't have Amy write her own bio?
2: No. Oh. And Jill just continually posts about her sister. And defines her only by the fact that she is now a quadriplegic, in addition to spewing her health problems all over the internet. Jill has also continually used her sister to shill plexus.
0: Oh, I remember that from the beginning of this episode. Yes,
2: like a million years ago. Yeah. This is just one quote that I pulled from a public Facebook page. Quote, Amy Foster had intense pain in her left arm, two exclamation points. Please pray for her and watch this video below to find out what helped that pain. Two exclamation point!
0: That's not just like cl- it's like clickbait.
2: Yes, so it, a lot oh of it God. is clickbait. So a lot of the update post on Amy will say like, "Click here to find out why Amy can't see her children right now."
0: Does it have like? Does she do like YouTube face? You know the one where you yes, have, like, uh,
2: yes, she does.
0: Like, like a oh expression on your face. You know what yes. I'm doing. I have my my hands. On You're my doing cheeks. the Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Yes. Or the scream. <laughs> Yes. You know that painting?
2: So the years was, yeah, that was a much more highbrow reference than mine. She's constantly, it'll be like, click here to find out why Amy can't see her children right now. And then the answer will be, she's in the hospital with C. diff and it's contagious or something that's contagious. I don't know if that is. Um, Crying
0: emoji. Yes. Or it'll be
2: like, like, click here to see how much Amy weighs. Seriously. Mm. Seriously, that will be the the, the title of the thing that that Jill will post on this. I hate that,
0: so much. I hate oh.
2: clickbait to begin with.
0: I remember when it came out, everything was immediately clickbait. I'm like, what the? F- I hate this it to begin to with.
2: Yeah. 2013, and 2013,
0: they figured that out. And just
2: yeah, and I hate that Jill is just using her sister, who is very ill, to do it, and in, in such an exploitative way. I hate everything about this. But it'll be like Amy Foster has had intense pain in her left arm. Pray for her and watch this video below to find out what helped that pain. And then the video is about plexus.
0: I mean, there's opportunistic and then there's that.
2: She – okay. She wrote a book about her sister's accident and recovery. And then she used the book that she wrote to try to bribe people into joining her plexus team. Because she'd make these posts like, the next person to sign up under me to sell plexus will get a free copy of the book that I wrote about my sister's horrible accident. Uh. But speaking of opportunistic, Jill also had a baby shower slash gender reveal party for the baby that she was currently carrying in the hospital where her sister was trying to recover. While her sister was like in critical condition in the hospital, Jill was in the uh. waiting room doing a gender reveal party for her baby. Opportunistic is pretty par for the course for this woman.
0: At a loss for words right now, but the, the <laughs> stuff that the stuff that she's selling is plexus yes so plexus so what it's so it's a weight loss drink plexus
2: yeah it's it's a powder that you put into water like i don't know if you ever get like crystal light like little like water bottle size packets of it no it, it's like okay people who do drink like flavored water or put like mio drops in their water or whatever which i uh, do uh it's like that but it's a weight loss drink and it claims to detox people and like get yeast out of your gut and stuff to which I all, the detoxification claims always make me want to say specifically what ingredient in this product is binding to toxins and how, and also what specific toxin is this product claiming to remove from your body that your kidneys and your liver just can't handle.
0: I thought that detox was just code for it turns your butthole into a faucet.
2: Well, yes. Plexus, just like a laxative and a kind ton of caffeine. So, and, and it does like, like they put vitamins in it and they're like, oh, it's bioavailable vitamins. So and I'm not qualified to make a claim on the bioavailability of the vitamins in their drink. It might actually have vitamins in it. I don't know. But the main function that it has is, 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 is people, yeah, just poop a lot. So people are like, yeah, it's detoxing me and I feel great. And, and that's code for I'm shitting all the time and I'm lightheaded from dehydration. And also I kind of feel like I snorted Adderall. Because there's so much caffeine in this.
0: So what is the actual active ingredient in this stuff? Other, like other than caffeine.
2: Um, chromium. There's chromium, chromium in it. I'm uh-huh. not sure. Like there's like they don't I don't. There's like it's like caffeine and chromium and uh, this zoo zoozyglycerides. Yeah, um, I don't know what that is. It's a type of sugar. It's a it's a um, it's a highly processed sugar and it has a loxative effect.
0: But well, they don't tell you.
2: But, well, they can't – you don't have to label it as sugar because it's um, – from what I'm reading, it from the parts that I understood of what I read about it, it's so processed that it's not sugar anymore. But they, they don't yeah, – they, they tell this... you what's in it but not really like what the, what the active ingredient or what each ingredient is supposed to do. I want to keep moving from this plexus, plexus thing as far away as possible to finish telling you how – Jill Rodriguez has continued to make her sister's life-changing injury all about herself for years. Uh. She has just milked this for attention. And remember how I said a few minutes ago that she is trying to become a IFB women's motivational speaker that would get invited to the really big ladies' conferences? She has tried to blatantly use her sister's injury to make that happen for herself. Like she's done radio interviews on Christian radio about her sister's injury. Wow. And she's also used her sister's injury to try to sell her Plexus. Like by mm-hmm. posting videos about how it helps with her sister's muscle pains.
0: So is she wait, so she's giving her sister Plexus.
2: It seems like it is.
0: And she's and she's making claims. So is this legal for her to try to sell these products with unproven claims about their health benefits?
2: So according to the business law class that I happen to be taking, according to the business law class that I happen to be taking in the moment, companies that make specific claims have to have studies to back up those claims. So if the company says this helped 94% of people with nerve pain, they have to be able to tell you how the product helped, like what chemically happened that helped. And they also have to have the study that showed that it helped 94% of people in hand. When the FDA says, okay, you said it helped 94% of people, show us how. However, I I think it may be legal to say this product helped this one one specific person with pain. It might be, I think it's illegal to say this product would help anyone who has pain. And it's illegal to say this product helps X percent of people with pain if you don't have a study in hand. Mm. But I think it's legal to say this product helped this person.
0: This is all extremely sus, though.
2: I mean, it is. So also, Jill was making this claim like four or five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw this on the Praying for Amy Foster Facebook page, but the video is several years old, so it's possible also that she got told to stop. I know that a lot of MLMs, like uh, right now, both Boo and Young Living, have been cracking down on their distributors making specific metal claims about stuff like that.
0: I'm trying to wrap my head, my head still around, like holding a funeral for your sister's legs and using her disability to hawk snake oil. But like, this is.
2: It's really something. And I'm going to dig a few layers deeper into this after the break. Oh, you got the squeakies now. This is Chuck's new noise. This is just what she does now. Jill is a master of making everything about her, like other people's funerals. Uh, her kids health issues her own daughter's weddings uh, her own daughter's wedding and other people's weddings if we had her level of ability to get attention we would be like the most famous podcasters ever
0: yeah well it's only a matter of time before she starts her own podcast actually you know what jill if you want to start a podcast please get in touch with me i do consulting for people who want to start their own podcasts get them on the right foot uh you know show them the ropes. I offer editing services as well. You can get in touch with me. Email me at g-a-v-r-i-e-l-h-a-c-o-h-e-n at gmail.com.
2: Well, she does have a radio show. She records it from an upholstered chair in her bathroom, which is both upholstered and in the bathroom.
0: That seems like, A, that's gross. Second of all, the bathroom is going to be very echoey, not good for audio quality.
2: I just feel like that's like the short road to E. coli.
0: Yikes. No. Okay.
2: This whole debacle, this whole plexus, sister using her sister for attention, having a funeral for her sister's legs. This is really only the second tackiest thing that Jill has ever done. It is by far not the worst funeral related thing that Jill's oh, ever God. done. So we're going to go take up the offering. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the actual worst thing that Jill has ever done at a funeral, which, warning, this may be the worst thing that anyone has ever done at a funeral. So Mm -hmm. brace yourself after the break. Oh, God.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
2: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Sadie. If this is your first time listening to the Leaving Eden podcast, make sure you go back and check out episode one, where we start the whole story. You might also want to check out our cult true crime series, the first family of fundamentalism. If you like the show, you can support us by joining our Patreon, where we have extended and uncensored episodes available. You can also join in the discussion in our Facebook group, Eden Exodus. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your worst enemy. The Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast, and we really do appreciate your support. Now, back to the show.
0: So we are uh, I just wanted to say this episode is super long. Uh, we didn't have time to do our usual spiel at the beginning, but we just want to take this time to thank our Faith Promise Missions to your patrons, all three of you, Kathleen Moncrief, uh, Didi Capel, and Jessica Tambo. Is that right, Jessica Tambo?
2: think that's probably right
0: yeah thank you so much for supporting our show we really appreciate it um
2: yeah a great big thank you to our faith promise missions givers as well as to all of our wonderful patrons so we're back and i mentioned before the break that having a funeral for her alive sister's alive legs was only the second most wild funeral related thing that jill rodriguez has ever done
0: i am almost afraid to ask here
2: yeah you should be Jill took some particularly controversial selfies at a funeral. Mm. So I know that in our modern day, narcissism is a term that gets thrown around a lot. <laughs> I, I, and I, I, I don't like the trend of like accusing people of just having personality disorders. I feel like, oh, you've got this or you've got that or you're a narcissist. Well, we um, said
0: about Jack Hiles.
2: I think sometimes, right, I think sometimes there is good reason to think that somebody may have a certain personality disorder or may exhibit traits of that disorder. Uh, I think we should be careful not to diagnose, but absolutely theorize that Jill is a major narcissist. I want to provide, I don't want to just say that, though. I want to provide examples of how her entire world revolves around herself and how little self-awareness she has. Um, I
0: this was a thing i think we talked about in one of our really early episodes that i thought yeah
2: this has come up before. yeah
0: that i found it i was like it's really disrespectful to take photos at a funeral and you're like oh no but like ifb people do that
2: yeah so whether or not so taking photos of living people at a funeral or taking photos of not living people at a funeral is a cultural thing taking photos specifically of the casket or of the person who's deceased That is uh, like a Black American thing. That's the way that some people grieve. That's fine. I don't think that that's particularly strong in the IFB. It is common for big IFB leaders like Jack Hiles. Taking a picture of Jack Hiles uh, in the casket would have been a pretty normal thing to do. Live streaming funerals with camera on the casket is very much a thing at First Baptist Church of Hammond and at other really big IFB churches. All of this falls pretty solidly into the not for me category. Like I think a a family photo at a funeral that's like not in the funeral chapel, like a family photo at the dinner after the funeral, fine. Uh, All the rest of this is, is not for me. But all of these things are typically done in a very solemn and respectful way. Casket photography in particular is an art. And there is a way that people do it that is very respectful. And if that's somebody's thing, I don't want to police how they grieve. Because that is like a legitimate cultural thing. What Jill Rodriguez did is 100,000% not that cultural thing. What happened was there was an IFP couple who were involved in a truly tragic house fire, and all three of their children died. Oh. I will not go into details because it is so upsetting. It's terrifying. Terrible, terrible thing that happened. Oh. I only oh. bring that up to make sure that you know that this is much worse than just a funeral. This is not a relative of Jill's. This is not someone who had a full life and and, and died. The manner in which these children died, the fact that it was all three children of the same family, this is This is not just a child's death. This is not just three children's death. This is an almost unspeakable tragedy that happened. And Jill did not know these people personally. Jill gatecrashed the funeral and took a smiling selfie with the grieving parents in front of the caskets.
0: I'm sorry, she did what?
2: She coerced the grieving parents whose children just died. All of their children just died in a shockingly horrible way to smile with her, a lady that they did not know for a selfie with three little caskets just chilling in the background. Uh, This is like possibly the worst legal thing a person has ever done. Yeah. Um, She also live streamed the funeral without permission. So, there's that. And I feel that I need a palate cleanser after that story. Uh, so now that we've covered the worst thing ever, let's just run through some of some of Jill's others other greatest hits.
0: Like she wasn't even invited. Yeah, she just showed up at. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's do it. I, let's do I'm some, sorry.
2: That is like so terrible that we like. I, I there's no way we couldn't cover it. We could. I was gonna be like, it,
0: you know what? This lady is funny, but you know, th- like now I'm just like f- this lady.
2: Right. And and then all of this, I'm building to something with all of this, but I yeah. think that we can't focus on that too long, or this episode is gonna get a four hours long and be fucking depressing. So let's move yeah. on to some other of her more funny antics, shall we? Yeah. Somewhat more recently, Jill published a social media post shaming a mom who she saw in like a Walmart parking lot for being fat and having blue hair.
0: As a blue-haired mom, do you how do you feel about this? I mean, because you have a kid, we can hear your kid right now. Sorry, Sadie has blue hair. Does do. uh, so? Does this make it personal for you? Do you want to revenge for? <laughs> This disrespect of your creed.
2: Nah. My blue hair looks better than her crispy, like, ramen noodle-looking fried ends anyway. I think that's good enough for revenge. Yeah. I should probably say that jill later edited this social media post to say sloppy instead of fat
0: to be fair sloppiness is unavoidable when you've got kids
2: you know i don't want to shame moms who do just not maintain their personal appearance to the level that they did before they had kids after they had kids um having kids is hard and i think that's valid i also don't want to shame moms who put a lot of effort into their personal appearance after having a kid because it makes them feel more like themselves also fine. Personally, I have things that I'm, that I really keep up my skincare and my hair color. Um, no matter how tired I am, I'm going to do it. Uh, no matter like how much Chuck pulls out my hair and I literally never wear it down. I'm still going to keep it dyed the way that I like it and keep it long the way that I like it. Yeah. But, uh, I just don't see any reason to shame any mom for anything like that. No. You know, you're right though, that there is, Sometimes just no makeup that can hide the bags under your eyes. And sometimes for me, sometimes there's just spit up on my shirt, no matter what. And uh, I'm not going to change it because I'd have to change my shirt 10 times a day. I don't have that many shirts.
0: Is she I mean, it was just just some random lady she saw in a Walmart parking lot?
2: Literally just a woman that she saw well, somebody that she coded as a woman that she saw walking with a kid across the parking lot of a store.
0: And she like took a picture of this person.
2: I don't think she took a picture, but I wasn't able to dig up the exact post, so I'm not 100% sure. Um, so, I
0: mean, but Jill has 11. Like, teen, she how many how many kids does she have? She has 13. like. You think she'd show some compassion.
2: You would think. Yeah. but no. Uh, just decided to shame this woman for her appearance and for the fact that she appeared to be in a multi-generational household which is certainly nothing to shame somebody for that's actually a great thing uh, it's good for kids it's good for older people it's good for everybody so i don't even know where to go next with jill um we can cover this the sluttish comment uh jill has used it but her daughter Naree definitely did not have words put in her mouth by her mother Uh, went on a mission trip to Africa with her dad and wrote back to her mother to compliment the African women because they were wearing skirts, unlike, quote, sluttish American women. Mm. So there's that. Uh, Jill has posted creepy and cringy photos of Nari and now Kaylee's courtships and has gushed over her son-in-law and her now future son-in-law in a way that really makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up.
0: Like, what does she have to say?
2: In the last couple of days, she's referred to Kaylee's new courtship person jonathan as kaylee's handsome guy well that's not
0: so bad though
2: yeah i mean
0: if i was if i was like
2: creep shots of them that like they'll take like the the boyfriend slash courtship person will like take a nap and she'll take a picture of him and post it on social media
0: without asking him i don't know i
2: don't know but like i would be mortified
0: that's weird like
2: i have a whole ass husband and a baby and like a long-term like we're married done I would be so creeped out if my mom took a picture of my husband taking a nap and put it on social media and was like Sadie's handsome husband. That would be so creepy. I would that would I would not like that. Yeah. We can talk about Jill's husband a little bit if you want. Speaking of husbands. <laughs>
0: okay. Um
2: He's really just not as interesting as his wife. Um probably the most interesting that he interesting thing he ever did. Is he once mistook hummingbird juice in the fridge for Kool Aid and drank it?
0: What's hummingbird juice?
2: It's like like colored sugar water that you would put in a hummingbird feeder.
0: You mean like Kool Aid?
2: Yeah, is that exactly like David is <laughs> a a terrible terrible fundy man, but he's not he's just not as interesting as his wife.
0: Why is he terrible though? Like is oh. he, he's he terrible at being a fundy, or is he a terrible man?
2: Well, David and Jill met when he was like twenty and she was fourteen. And he was interested in dating her at that age. So that's pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. And then they started dating when she was still a minor and he was in his early 20s. And then they got married mm. literally as soon as she turned 18.
0: That's not great.
2: Yeah, not mm. good.
0: Is that, I mean, that's not uncommon, though, in mm. those circles. It's, no, I mean, that's not it like. It doesn't make it any better, though.
2: No, I mean, the only uncommon part is is, is this whole thing starting when she was 14. That's unusual. Mm. Um, usually, people are seen as adults more around sixteen. David is also homophobic, sexist, and you know, all the ists and isms and phobias, all that.
0: That's uh, expected, though.
2: Yeah, it's like it's it's very expected. Um, one of my least favorite things about him is that he encouraged Jill to call the police because she thought she saw a trans woman in the women's bathroom at a, I think it was an IHOP, but it might have been a Denny's.
0: Well, that's upsetting. Yeah. Da- I is. mean, David's out here encouraging the enforcement of bathroom bills like a lunatic.
2: I mean, just like Michelle Duggar did.
0: Yeah. Well, of course, if it were a Waffle House, there already would have been cops there. Because, you know, if you're a local PD, you just know you station cops outside the Waffle House so they can break up the fights like immediately.
2: You know, I, I just um I love Waffle
0: House. Oh, the food's but great. I don't
2: i know that they were either at like a, an ihop or a denny's but yeah jill saw someone that she thought might possibly be trans and david encouraged her to just go ahead and call the cops so they could harass this poor person so that's, that's a- extremely terrible
0: yeah um, yikes what the hell
2: yeah it, it's just it's just not that's it, it's not 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 good
0: so out of pocket and just none of your fucking business
2: they they go out to eat uh, all the time. Of course, they don't wear masks because they're COVID deniers.
0: Where do um, they live?
2: Or whatever, West Virginia. Now I think they were in Ohio before.
0: Yeah, I've been to West Virginia. Drove through there this spring. Beautiful part of the country. But I did have somebody use the word Jude to me, like J E W E D, like as a derogatory term, sending them for like cheated.
2: Yikes.
0: When I was in a hotel elevator in Charleston. Yeah, I was. We were going. I got into a hotel elevator and some lady was in the elevator and I pushed the up button. It didn't go up to the top floor, the floor that she wanted to, because somebody else wanted to get into the elevator and go back down to the bottom. And she was like, wow, they really Jewed us out of that one. And I was like, Ooh. "What? the yeah, I'd never actually heard that used in real life before. But holy crap.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's really something.
0: A true story.
2: But you're right that West Virginia is one of just the most absolute, most beautiful parts of the country. I think I've talked before about the big family vacation that we took my senior year. Part of that was that we went to Kate's Cove and it was fall and it was just breathtaking. It was beautiful. It's probably predictable that Jill has been into COVID conspiracy theories and anti-mask, anti-vax nonsense on social media. She's posted a few posts about how much she loves Trump, which was Interesting. Expected. well yeah expected but also jill is a very effusive person so her words of compliments towards the former president it was interesting because she like when she likes somebody she really likes somebody i wish i had pulled up one of her posts from this but i didn't feel like i could stomach it today
0: is this really above baseline fundy
2: that's a good question.
0: This this just feels like run of the mill fundy stuff.
2: The beliefs that she has are just not unusual at all. No, the amount that she posts and the vitriol that she has for people she doesn't like is what makes her stand out. It's it's not it's not that she is like worse than the average fundy. It it is that she posts so. Very much. And she posts such a level of detail and she's so socially unaware. Mm. And that's what makes her like magical to people who, who like to poke fun at funny it's people.
0: That combination, man.
2: And that's the magic combination. That's why she's getting all this attention. Jill has also posted social media posts and she will claim that her children wrote them uh, where her children refer to her as precious mama.
0: Precious Mama, like
2: as a name, like Capital P Precious Capital M Mama, like that's like, what they call her.
0: Precious, you know, like Gollum and then Mama, like Elvis. <laughs>
2: you know? Precious, uh, yeah, Mama. kind of. Uh, people,
0: doing, include,
2: people, <laughs> people, including me, feel like she writes these posts and just publishes them in her children's name, um, because they. Somehow have the exact same writing style that she does, including like the all caps words and the the same spelling errors that she makes. Mm. Although that could be because she homeschools.
0: This word is always capitalized when you use it.
2: Right? Really? Yeah. The spelling <laughs> um, test.
0: If you don't capitalize quadriplegic all the <laughs> way through, you know every letter, then you don't get the the marks on your spelling test. Your word building. I'm sorry.
2: No, they don't even use ACE. Like, I, I think her kids would probably be better educated if they used ACE. That, like, that's
0: Jesus f- Christ, dude, man. That's- Just
2: based on like, you can see the kids speaking in videos, and um, some of the posts that she says the children make do not share her exact writing style. And I, I really don't have high confidence in her ability to homeschool her kids, which is unfortunate for the poor kids. Um. She also threw herself a Mother's Day party using her children as proxy. So, you know, like giving your kid $20 to buy you a Christmas present that but threw herself like an entire Mother's Day party. Oh, yeah.
0: So it looks like it came from how how is this woman married and I am still single? (laughs) You know, like it's like I guess it's just like if you're single and you have a pulse, there is somebody here's somebody for you to marry right in the ifb i mean imagine imagine being like yeah i'm gonna marry this woman and then you marry her and then like you watch all this unfold and you're like oh
2: i see i've adopted a
0: pet alligator i did not think this through
2: (laughs) see i don't feel that bad for david because like i said he was a full-on adult who wanted to get with this girl when she was 14 years old yeah and so i feel like uh, he probably even though they didn't you know get married until she was 18 i don't think he deserves any sympathy i think he brought this on himself and i wonder if maybe her control issues are like i don't know like i wonder i wonder where that comes from i wonder if there are elements of her life that she doesn't control and then she feels the need to control her children i don't know just spitballing speaking of weddings though and marriages the Bates are another fundy family that we have not talked about but we will eventually Jill went to a Bates wedding and had all of her girls wearing white, and then she proceeded to plunk herself down on the front row of someone else's wedding, who she barely knows, in with white. a gaggle of children in white. Uh, people thought her children were in the wedding party. So there was that.
0: King legend. Wow. That's.
2: Yeah, and I just want to, I just want to. I want to make legend. sure that you know that I am just <laughs> running through like some of the things that I find interesting that she has done.
0: This is just a list.
2: This of, is literally like, just like a top ten list.
0: You of... know what? <laughs> I I mean, forget the Duggars, right? I want a reality TV show about J. Rod. Okay, it would never stop delivering. It. She is literally an endless mine for content. TLC, get on it, or Bravo. Or actually, you know, QVC, she can hawk her pink drink.
2: <laughs> so, I uh, got another wedding-related behavior for you.
0: God, another one.
2: And this might be the worst of the wedding ones. Jesus. Jill had a extremely public and posted about a COVID wedding for her daughter, Nari, who's the oldest child. Nari married Anna Duggar's younger brother, Nathan Keller. Jill posted like a two-hour-long recap video of the wedding uh which I did watch uh Jill was I think the the wedding was in like July of 2020 I think so I probably got a, around to watching it when I was like early pregnancy and feeling icky uh, a little bit later so Jill was Naree's matron of honor which fine I know people who have had their dad as best man or mom of matron of honor uh it's not unheard of It's fine. Uh, Jill walked Nuri down the aisle and then was also matron of honor and then also made an eye bleach required series of Instagram posts of the couple kissing and captioned one of them with a Bible verse about the marriage bed being undefiled with a winky face emoji. Wait. It's the winky. So all of Mm. that is normal, funny behavior, but the winky face is not. Mm. That's what I'm saying about this woman. She takes everything one step further, at least.
0: Wait, so she uh, so she walked her daughter down the aisle was the matron of honor and mother of the bride. Did yes. so did she also plan the wedding?
2: Well, yeah. So yeah. she
0: planned this wedding, had herself be matron of honor, mother of the bride, walked daughter down Decorated, the aisle.
2: Decorated. Was a videographer.
0: Did yeah. she also perform music at the at the like she was like no. I'm going to sing a song. At no, the...
2: weirdly, she didn't sing. Really, which is really unexpected. <laughs> um,
0: she's like Michael Scott, but just.
2: It was, she also had people like have a moment to honor the parents of like she had like all the oh. parents herself and the other three parents of the bride and groom come up to like pray over the couple and like a moment to honor the parents in the wedding.
0: And she planned that, so she put all of these. So she's gonna be in here more than that's wild
2: yeah she's in the wedding video like as much as the bride and groom she also edited the wedding video and did the voiceover in the wedding video wow and had herself on stage in the middle of the whole thing and photobombed the first kiss photo It's, Uh, it's like none of this is that out of pocket
0: just all of it together
2: all of it together is just like the entire wedding is just jill in an aggressively lime green dress
0: I'm trying there was to... also
2: a whole thing about how she bought her daughter's wedding dress when she was 13 and then had to make sure her daughter stayed skinny enough to fit into it as an adult. But we don't have time.
0: Uh, What? Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Mm.
2: She's obsessed with her children's weight, and we're actually going to get to that in like a couple minutes. Oh, my
0: God. I mean, if I were the groom, I'd back out, honestly.
2: Fair. Yeah. Uh. Her, her that, groom... I mean, imagine
0: marrying into that family. I mean, oh. the
2: groom's brother-in-law is Josh Duggar, so... I guess he's he's used to like family issues,
0: weird in-laws. I guess if yeah, if your brother-in-law is Josh Duggar, then you're gonna be like. Then your mother-in-law
2: being Jill is probably not like the end of the world. So then Nuri, so Nuri married Nathan Keller, who is Anna Duggar's younger brother. And then when Nuri got pregnant, Jill did the gender reveal video, and it was just like it was awful. It was just poorly planned. They had like a cardboard sign made out of an old ripped up. Cardboard box and like gender reveal parties are not for me, but if you're gonna do it, at least like avoid explosives and make it cute.
0: And this is her like, nari.
2: This is for nari, the oldest daughter, the only one that's married.
0: Is nari short for something?
2: Nari is not short for anything, it's a name with uh, Hebrew, Arabic, and Spanish roots, apparently.
0: Interesting, I've never heard it before.
2: Had never heard it before either until hearing about Jill. Uh, Google says that Nuri can be a boy's name or Nuriel is a Hebrew version.
0: Mm, Okay. So points to Jill for originality.
2: Yeah. It's a bit uncommon in the IFB to like Bible names Are Bible names are like super old school names are really more common for boys. Um, girls, there's a little bit more leeway, but people still typically use like Bible names or like very old fashioned names jill's 13 kids so here's the name of her 13 kids Noree, timothy kaylee renee philip samuel gabriel tessie hannah olivia sadie sophia and janessa and i don't know it's slightly interesting that all of the boys have bible names and none of the girls do it's i mean it's it's a it's worth noting but mm. her, i don't know it's not i think that that really newer or more more popular names like kaylee tessie and Janessa are maybe slightly unusual for fundies.
0: Well, Nari is the only one I've ever heard anything about, though. Or maybe it's just because I remember her name because it's so distinctive.
2: You um, know, Yeah, Jill tends to post about Nari and Timothy the most. And I think that, that people who have followed her long term really think that Nari is probably the favorite child. Uh, and followed, followed by Timothy, those two are her favorites. The reason that I agree that Nuri is probably the favorite comes from just another wild story about something that she did. Oh, God. Another one. This one is uh, also strange and uh, slightly traumatic, but nobody dies in this one either, thankfully. Nuri and Kaylee, the oldest two daughters, were involved in a car accident. Uh, when Nari was like 19 and Kaylee was like 16. Nari was driving at the time, and Kaylee reached over to adjust the air conditioning, which distracted Nari, and the car went off the road into a drainage ditch full of water. Both girls were disoriented and underwater, but Kaylee was able to drag her sister out of the car, saving Nari's life. But
0: they were both okay.
2: They were both okay. Thank God. Uh, Kaylee did a brave thing and saved her sister. So Jill's social media post about this was suspicious? And strange, she posted in, in in her classic oversharing way. She posted pictures of the two girls on stretchers and Nari looked okay, but Kaylee's face was really badly banged up. And so she posted a picture where like Nari looks ah. looks fine, she just looks like like weak and she's on a stretcher. Kaylee looks rough, like her her eye was swollen com- almost completely shut and she's got like facial wounds everywhere. Weirdly, Kaylee's makeup seems to have not come off even though like she's was underwater and badly injured underwater uh so there's a persistent rumor which i do think is probably true that jill put makeup on them in the hospital to take the pictures because both of them are underwater and nariz makeup she's got like lipstick and a little bit of mascara and kaylee's makeup she has like bright green sparkly eyeshadow and huge eyelashes so people think that that Jill may have put makeup on them to make one of them look better what? and one of them look worse.
0: I th- but, but the hospital is the one place where it's not just acceptable, but it's like expected that you look like that, you, you know, or the, at least that you don't have makeup. Like why you don't
2: would look ch- your best if you're hospitalized. Generally. No. Why? I don't. Why? I don't know. Um. Then the GoFundMe showed up. The car that they were driving was totaled. So Nari, question mark, whether she had help from her mom or not, started a GoFundMe to get the family a new car. And this GoFundMe and all of Jill's Facebook posts about the incident really made Kaylee out to have caused the accident and to have been responsible for the accident, even though Nari was the one driving.
0: But this is the fundy world where we are talking about, you know, where being a distraction makes you... 100% more to blame than the person who actually Mm, made the mistake I mean if it works for the high crime of adultery or molestation I'm sure that it is acceptable to the much more lowly crime of having a car crash
2: you know that that is that is true that's a bit of funny logic that I didn't apply to this um it really that situation really does have me sold on her having some kind of problem with Kaylee or Nuri being the golden child or something strange being going on there. Probably the weirdest part of the whole car wreck saga is when Jill used this event as a way to brag about how thin her daughters are. They were able to fit through a half-open car window, which is fortunate, and I'm glad that they were. But Jill decided to make this into a point about how, quote, trim they are
0: it must be all the plexus that she's feeding them
2: well that's the problem gavi because she does feed this stuff to her children she's posted pictures of her very young children like toddler children drinking it
0: this weight loss drink
2: this weight loss drink that has a crap ton of caffeine in it Ah, which is not good
0: (laughs) no but i guess if you're in mlm you've got to be moving products somehow even if you're the one consuming it
2: that's that's the thing is that people's bonuses or people's rank within the company is sometimes dependent on the amount of product they buy, not the amount that they're able to sell. So people end up just buying a lot. We do know that Jill consumed Plexus during pregnancy with her youngest kid, Janessa. We also know that Janessa had a stroke in utero and it hasn't quite been long enough to know what the permanent effects of that stroke are going to be.
0: Okay. That's legitimately awful, but are you suggesting that Janessa's stroke was caused by plexus?
2: I am definitely not qualified to make a medical judgment call on that, especially because it's medical fact that risks in pregnancy go up as a person gets older, and this was Jill's last pregnancy, and she was towards the older end of childbearing years. I will make a definitive statement and say that I did drink coffee while pregnant, but my personal risk assessment led me to strictly stay under 200 milligrams of caffeine a day.
0: Yeah, but that's probably why Chuck is so hyper.
2: Oh, maybe. You know, it could have just been caused by, you know, but because these things happen sometimes or by her age yeah. um, or just because of the caffeine and plexus and not because of any nefarious ingre- ingredient. Um,
0: people on the internet say a lot of things. True. Jill is over 40, risks of Down syndrome, birth defects, all those things increase drastically with age. And
2: I think, uh, I don't know how old Jill was when she had janessa but i think it was around 39 or 40 so other than a lot of speculation about whether janessa has lasting effects from that or not people say a lot of things about this family on the internet
0: yeah serious question so does this woman see all the stuff that people are saying about her on the internet like so does she see the snark
2: i think she probably does there have been a couple incidents where something was referenced on Fundy Snark forums, and she seemed to respond to it in a post or, like, referenced haters or took her Instagram private for a few days. So I think that, that those things are a good reason to think that she does see at least some of what's said about her.
0: So this woman, though.
2: Also, I think she's a narcissist, so I think she probably, like, gobbles up any content about herself, even if it's negative.
0: She's Googling herself every day, and she sees the posts on the... So she's probably going to hear this
2: this episode. So that's fun. <laughs>
0: This woman, though, I mean, she obviously seems to be a bit of a head case. And I guess if she's trying to be an influencer slash plexus queen slash public figure, then she's fair game. Something I want to uh, transition to, though, is that I've seen a lot of this on the Internet, which is some extremely uh, mean-spirited posts and comments that are targeting her children, targeting her family comments, targeting her husband's appearance and especially targeting her daughter's appearance which
2: mm-hmm. mm, people go really hard on talking about the appearances of this family. They do. Now to be fair, Jill's hair and makeup is is very dated. She does super heavy like under-eye eyeliner and like dark lipstick. She apparently has a certificate for being a hairdresser and it seems like she got her certificate in like the late 80s or early 90s and she has just never updated whatever skills she did have. And she still thinks that she's current on styles just because she has some skills. I'm not going to pull punches here. Her her makeup tends to make her look a bit unhinged.
0: You know what it looks a bit like? You, you know that episode of The Simpsons where Homer's trying to be an inventor and he invents a makeup gun? That yes. That is just like a shotgun and it shoots okay. you in the face. Actually, it is
2: exactly like that. Top tier Simpsons reference there.
0: Women will like what I tell them to like very ifb. Yeah,
2: oh dear, oh dear, now Homer's an yeah. ifb. This is sad. So people have theorized that Jill forces her daughters to wear similar makeup and to do their eyebrows in a dated way that's like very 2001 like really thin brows. I this is where kind of where I start to get off of this train. I think this might be true. Um it's definitely true that once her girls get old enough and she lets them wear makeup that they do wear dated styles and that all the girls kind of wear the same style of makeup. And that style is not really what a regular teenage girl in 2021 would be picking out, most likely. I just, I don't think that this is proof that Jill is making them do their makeup a certain way. Because IFB girls aren't really exposed to the outside culture. And because the Rodriguez family has 13 children. While it's possible that Jill is kind of making them do their makeup this way... It's also possible that all the girls are sharing makeup because they have 13 children and in families that big people tend to share everything and they just don't know that more neutral lipstick and bigger brows are in style right now because they're being told don't follow the world's fashions and this is what's feminine and attractive and thin brows are feminine and good and big brows are masculine and bad. I think this is one where I see an alternate explanation. I don't, I'm not sold on Jill like forcing her children into this.
0: But I mean, that's sort of the thing though, is that it's always like, look how bad these kids like, Oh, it's Jill's fault. But look how bad these kids, look. that's always sort of is. And yeah. with the in parentheses, it's Jill's fault. We're attacking her, not them, but look how bad they, like that like that. That's still.
2: Yeah. They want to like, people think that, they, that it's fine to pick at the kids appearance as long as they add a disclaimer, like
0: oh it's actually jill i'm criticizing no you know, like, but look how ugly these kids are like, look how ugly they, this look, makeup
2: is jill must have made her kids do it or like look how ugly their yeah. clothes are jill must have picked out their clothes and i i'm not with that
0: no that's still mean what if you saw that and you're like oh well actually it was i i i like that i like that skirt i i thought it looked good on me but then people were saying oh it looks bad and your mom must have picked it out because she's the one that we're criticizing but it still looks bad like
2: Yeah, and there's also where it gets way more unhealthy, I think, is there's a lot of discussion on whether or not Jill feeds her kids enough. I have mentioned Jill's unhealthy obsession with weight a couple times already. I I do think that she has an unhealthy relationship with food. It is true that all of her children are very thin and that her husband is not thin. It's also true that when Jill has posted pictures of food, like, she'll post, like, oh, this is, uh, like, Easter lunch or Christmas dinner or whatever – In her pictures, it does look like there's less food than you would expect for 15 people. And it does appear that the food that she's showing off on the internet doesn't seem to be the most healthy. It has gotten to the point that CPS has been called on the kids. Wow. So I do not know if CPS was called by someone who, like, snarks on Jill or hate follows Jill or if it came through the state where they lived because there was, I, I believe there was also an investigation into their homeschooling and whether they were doing it properly. Uh, and then the family just like coincidentally happened to move states away from the state where CPS was after them, which is a total coincidence. That,
0: that's really bad, though. Like, I mean, even if this lady is trying to be an influencer, or whatever, I think it's totally uncalled for to just like pull apart every aspect of this person's life.
2: See, I disagree. I think it's fine to pull apart every aspect of Jill's life because she is rude. She is tacky. She is hateful.
0: Are you saying she's tacky and you hate her?
2: Yes. (laughs) Is that (laughs) mean
0: girls? No, it's school of rock. Oh, you're right. You're tacky tacky and I hate you.
2: It, It is, but I just, I don't think it's okay to scrutinize her kids because they didn't, ask to be born into this family and they don't have a choice in what they eat or what they wear. And where do you draw the line? You know, are are who who is drawing the line in the correct place between Jill and her children?
0: Well, scrutinizing somebody so heavily that you're hypothetically calling CPS on her family. I don't like I don't get the feeling like that's the sort of thing that's being done out of concern. I feel like that's the sort of thing that's being done because you don't like somebody and you want to tear them apart. And granted, there are plenty of reasons not to like this woman. And but, I
2: mean, there are plenty of reasons for CPS to do an investigation.
0: Yeah, but like say somebody in like the snarker is like straight up calling CPS on this lady because they're like just like, oh, man, wouldn't it be funny if she went so crazy that she got her kids taken? Like. No, yeah, it's, it's just like how I mean she calls women sluttish or goes after blue-haired moms. You know how is that different from? I mean, you're still building yourself up by tearing other people down, and I don't think that's right at all.
2: I I think that if somebody has a legitimate concern about her children's safety, then they're probably going to have more to go on than anything we've said in this episode. Sure. Um, you know, I think that that is very difficult to determine from somebody you know from the position of somebody who just like hate follows you on instagram you know how you don't know what's going on in that house just from that
0: well what's the difference between having an actual concern and saying that you have a concern but just like concern trolling
2: i don't know like i don't know what the difference there's is people there that,
0: yeah because i'm sure like there is a line people people are like oh I hate follow this woman on Instagram because I think her. I'm worried about her. Ki- no, you don't hate follow her because you're worried about her kids. You hate follow her because you think that she's a mess and you want to point and laugh at her. Because you
2: like hate following. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm honestly kind of pro-hate following. Uh, I'm not pro-trolling or sending hate messages to anybody ever. Mm. I'm, I'm not completely anti-hate following. But also I recognize that that's not the best thing for most people's mental health. No. Um, Jill... So Jill has come back with like videos of the kids eating, videos of them being homeschooled, trying to show that these accusations are false, which is another reason I think she sees some of the things that are said about her. The videos of the kids eating definitely give me not good vibes. Like, her videos do tend to show her children with very forced smiles. And I, I really do think that there's something suspicious there. I, ju- I don't think that brigading CPS with calls is the right move. Even though the kids do look thin and ill in some of her pictures, I absolutely do not think she should be allowed to homeschool. And the kids really do look uncomfortable and scared in her videos. Um, I think that somebody with better actual knowledge of the situation, you know, if someone saw her abusing her children in a public place, that would be a reason to call CPS
0: we're only seeing the stuff that she posts online
2: right which could mean that their home life is actually really fine and the kids are just awkward on camera or it could mean that their home life is terrible and abusive but you do you don't know that from the outside so i don't know this is a really sticky one for me i have really mixed feelings on it
0: yeah the thing about the homeschooling though is is any of the homeschooling stuff any different from regular fundy stuff though like, is she teaching them any worse than your run-of-the-mill fundy homeschooling? Because I guess she'd I mean she'd probably fly under the radar if she wasn't absolutely determined to have such a uh, online presence.
2: Yeah. Um her kids have made posts on her social media that didn't look like her writing style, so I do think it's probably actually her children. The oldest daughters run an Etsy shop. Their grammar and punctuation is really rough. I don't think her schooling of them is significantly worse than any other fundies. But I think that she, like many other fundies, ought to be required to do better homeschooling. I don't know how people are going to feel about my take on this because I do think it's possible that someone in that family is abusing their children. I do think that CPS should do an actual investigation on the family. I think there is a good chance that she's not feeding her children enough. However, I see an explanation for that that is not her being harmful i think it, it it's not up for debate whether she is really un, has no self-awareness and 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 is really a rude tacky person that's not up for debate <laughs>
0: is this any worse than regular ifb though that's that's the thing. the
2: thing whether she is someone who takes joy in like hurting other people that's up for debate because The IFB is inherently abusive. The IFB encourages unhealthy eating habits. The IFB glorifies poverty and lack of education.
0: Well, when you were young, I mean, you were telling me that there were times when your family didn't have enough to eat.
2: Right. And is that... That's not a
0: reason to, you know, to take you away from your parents. My parents were
2: wonderful parents. Um who were caught, they loved you
0: more than anything.
2: Yeah. My my parents, and you've you know now that you've met my folks, you know, like my parents were I know them. Yeah, my parents were great parents, and they were caught up in a in a very negative mentality that led to issues within our family. But my parents were not abusive parents or bad parents. Uh, we were just poor for a while and didn't have very much to eat. I am convinced that Jill is like an, a terrible person and a rude, mean person. I am not 100% sold on her being like a, a t- an abusive parent or, so, or a parent that that takes joy in hurting her children. I think that there is a possibility that her big personality and her large family are just a magnifying glass and her family is just like maybe slightly weirder than your average IFB family. Yeah. And I get off this – so I, I kind of start – having my reservations talking about like the girl's makeup and the kids clothes. And, and then I completely get off that train where we focus, where people focus on the kids appearance and weight, like obsessed yeah, this, over it.
0: the whole thing seems really kind of creepy to me. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, we make fun of her for the wedding antics. That's ridiculous. But my people talking about her, I don't like any of that stuff. I don't, I know.
2: I'm down with people obsessing like over her personally because she just gives people so much to work with because she's just legitimately so strange. But I wanna tell you a story that I hope will illustrate why I think people should, should be more careful with their words online. This is a story I haven't told in the podcast before. When I was 12 or 13, a man from the church my dad pastored got upset with the way that my dad was running things and he basically tried to divide the church over it. And before I get into the meat of the story, I should probably say, uh, let he who has never done some stupid shit throw the first stone here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm pretty cool with this guy now. I think he might listen to our show. The person who did this has grown up a lot. He's gotten some help. He is definitely not the person he was 15 years ago. So I'm not trying to go in on this guy because we've all done some stupid. Shit. I've done stupid. Shit. Like I'm, you know, it's water under the bridge. Anyway, part of the stupid. This guy did in the process of being mad at my dad was writing letters to the editor of a local newspaper. And he got printed in his letter to the editor that my brothers and I were, quote, mindless dweebs, mm. along with quite a few other un- unsavory and false claims about my family.
0: Oh, so hold on. Wait, so he wrote a letter. So he wrote that literal children. How old were you at the time?
2: Uh, we would have been either 12, 10, and 8. Or 13, 11, and 9.
0: So, literally, like children, middle schoolers, elementary school. He wrote that literal children were mindless dweebs in a letter to the editor and it got printed in a real newspaper.
2: Uh, I, I don't know. It's like a small Midwest. Mm-hmm small town newspaper i'm trying i
0: have serious questions about this paper's journalistic standards
2: i've been trying to get a copy of the paper Uh, I, i i put out some feelers i haven't gotten it yet but i'll let you know if i get it i thought
0: that i mean midwesterners are supposed to be polite though aren't
2: they i'm i'm not sure how to explain this one you know how um bless your heart can be a nice thing or it can be a mean thing to say depending on the context sure it's like that midwesterners will fall over themselves, bump, like, apologizing if they bump into you, but there's like a mean gossipy side. Mm. But back to the Rodriguez kids, they are just torn to pieces in certain places on the internet. And I'm not completely opposed to some of these posts that say that they look unhealthy or they look malnourished because that's a, a legitimate issue that I, that I wish someone with training and qualifications would look into.
0: Yeah, but like that could just be like, of course we're malnourished, we're poor,
2: or it could just be There's some kids are just thirteen of us,
0: we're poor. Well,
2: some kids are just naturally thin.
0: Leave us alone. Some,
2: some children like, are just naturally, did they just they have a very fast metabolism? That,
0: thirteen kids, you're going to be broke. How are you like?
2: Right, like,
0: of course you're like feeding them is going to be difficult.
2: Well, I, I would love for somebody with you know qualifications and resources to check into that and get. The kid's on on assistance if necessary. That, yeah, give them sure. some snap, man. Sure, yeah, Get absolutely. you food, yeah. But these kids are being told that the outside world is this mean and scary place where nobody cares about you, that the IFB and the church is the only safe place. It's the only place where you can be protected from the big, mean, scary outside world. How do you think these kids would feel if maybe in a few years as a teenager or a young adult – They got internet access and they were thinking about getting out and making their own life out here in the real world. And they found out that they are basically a celebrity on some corners of the internet. What if they read the things that we say about them online? Is that going to make them want to get out of the group that they're in? Or do you think that that's just going to drive them right back to where they feel safe? Yeah,
0: like, these people love me. Those people hate me.
2: That's an easy choice, right?
0: Yeah. Right?
2: I... I think that Jill is an adult, and she has the ability to not be completely self-obsessed and self-righteous, and we can and probably should make fun of her all day. She's ridiculous. It's fun to make fun of her. She has put herself out very publicly. I don't see any reason not to. I think we should take a huge step back on the way we talk about her minor children. I don't think it's unlikely that she does force or influence her children to her girls to do their eyebrows in a particular out-of-style way. But the fact that that's she so the fact that she made them do it doesn't mitigate the emotional impact of what will happen when the child grows up and sees hundreds of strangers obsessing over her eyebrows.
0: No, that's gotta be horrible.
2: Yeah, like this is really gonna be bad if one of her kids ever gets out. So I have an offer. This has been a this has been a lot, but I have an mm-hmm. offer to make. If you Enjoy making fun of fundy children. Let's get all of us who were raised fundy, all of us who were down with it. Let's post pictures of ourselves as children and just let the snark community go wild. I'm 100 down for this. I will provide you some old pictures of myself. You can make fun of old the old pictures of me as much as you want. Uh, I'll just post like uh you know anything, but but let's try to not comment about my weight because you know I have issues about that, but make fun of my hair, make fun of my fashion. My hair was awful in my fundy high school years. I had, I tried to wear a bumpet for a while. It was, it was terrible. Uh, I have tons of pictures of myself in a denim skirt and Birkenstocks. Y'all go wild. Um, so if, you know, if, if people, if you really want to make fun of fundy kids, I got a lot of pictures of me in like you know little fluffy dresses with like huge collars On them and oh, that's cute I got yeah but like if, if you want to make fun Of a fundy child just just make fun of My pictures let's take a step back on the Rodriguez Kids because you know I've been able to get out and I can laugh About it now but I Don't want to jeopardize Their ability to maybe make it out One day over this This isn't worth jeopardizing Maybe the potential of them having a better life One day Jill does enough Like, let's make fun of the people who deserve it.
0: I I think that was very well put. How do you feel about the reality show on TLC, though?
2: I honestly want a sitcom. And this is not original to me. Someone on Reddit pitched the idea of a Jill sitcom with Kristen Wiig playing her. And I love that so much because I I love Kristen Wiig.
0: As much as I love the casting choice and J-Rod reminds me of Hazel from 30 Rock, I'm still leaning towards reality TV.
2: I respect your opinion, but I'm not into this woman who clearly hates all other women and all trans people getting a platform. Unless possibly the reality TV crew could convince her that it's going to be a complimentary show about her and then it actually turns out to be an expose. Like, I could get onto that.
0: Well, that's the thing. Now that Counting On has been canceled, uh, they need that sweet, sweet, fundy content. You know, I think J-Rod is a relatively safe bet for them because nobody who will watch the show will also accuse them of glorifying a repressive lifestyle or supporting abusers. Yeah. Because like there's no way to make her look not nuts. Yeah. I
2: I, <sighs> I don't I don't know. I just um I just I felt like we needed to cover her because she gets talked about so much and I hope that if nothing else, I was able to maybe provide a little context for uh, yeah,
0: Leave them kids alone, man.
2: social climate. Leave behavior. them kids alone. Yeah. But I, I, I really think that, um, I think that, that we need to, to really give ourselves a, a good, hard look in the face and figure out what we're, what we're going to do to reduce the potential future harm to. In, current in, harm. In, yeah. In, any of those children, if they decide to get out, because isn't that what we all want? Like, isn't that what we want? Yeah. Is what we want to make fun of these people forever or is what we want for the ones who are salvageable to be salvaged? And
0: everybody's salvageable. Anyway,
2: nah. uh,
0: <laughs> I think that's that's enough of that for today. Uh, Sadie, uh, oh, you can follow the Leaving Eden podcast on Facebook, Instagram at Leaving Eden podcast on Twitter at Leaving Eden pod. You can join our Patreon for extended and uncensored video content. You can... Uh, uh, join our Facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash Eden Exodus join our subreddit reddit.com slash r slash Eden Exodus Sadie do you want to plug your social media
2: yeah you can follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music or on Twitter at Helya Sadie uh, where I actually tweeted some podcast related stuff this weekend not just Bachelor content you're welcome oh right and you can follow me on TikTok at Sadie Carpenter 1
0: and you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. And on the web at NPR.org. Now, um, <laughs> You guys have a nice day. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.